Good morning and greetings in Jesus name. Welcome to this morning's episode of Marriage Talk. My hope and my prayer is that this uh, episode will be a blessing to you in every way possible. This is in fact taken from a book called Fallon. It's uh, written by Annie Lobeer. We got the privilege of interviewing her a while ago. And after the interview in fact I picked up her book and started listening to it. The last chapter of that book was very uh, encouraging when it came to her decision to get married and how God brought the person that she is currently married to. So I thought that this will definitely be an encouragement to several one of you because I know that as we live life we go through our disappointments, we go through our challenges and uh, there are times when things happen you know very bad things happen in our life and in case of Annie she had been trafficked and she was sex trafficked and and she had a really uh, challenging lifestyle and uh, god saved her from that lifestyle and then for her to trust a man and to decide to spend the rest of her life with this particular man was definitely a huge challenge and uh, this story will encourage you this morning and it will also fill you with expectation for god to do the same thing in your life so as you listen to this story make sure to learn lessons this is especially encouraging for young women who've gone through abusive past even if you're a man or a woman if you've had a abusive past then this will definitely be encouraging for you knowing that god can take the biggest mess and he can turn it turn it around into a testimony he can turn it around into a blessing enjoy this excerpt from the book fallen uh, written by Annie Lobeer i have added the links to this book um the kindle version and the audible version of this book in this post make sure to pick it up and read the entire book it will definitely be a blessing to you my dream come true If you keep on believing, the dreams that you wish will come true. Cinderella. As I forge forward in my life, my focus fixed in the right direction, taking slow and steady steps toward my purpose, moving deeper into my faith, I still wondered about love. I was a hopeless romantic. The Disney fairy tale was still in the back of my mind, but not as an ideal I had to strive for. I just believed with all my heart that there was someone out there specifically that God had in mind for me. You know, the one. While I no longer looked at my past with paralyzing regret, I couldn't ignore the obvious. A string of failed and often toxic relationships. Nor could I ignore the beautiful truth that with God everything is redeemable. Everything. I held on to that hope for dear life. I tread carefully as I prayed and dated, working out the artful balance of being open but guarded. I had been through a lot and was cautious around men. I didn't want to be a victim to bitterness or resentment or to sabotage relationships because of my past. I love what C.S. Lewis wrote in his book The Four Loves. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one. Wrap it carefully, round with hobbies and little luxuries, 
avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. Sure, I made some serious mistakes along the way and had my heart broken in the process, even as a Christian woman. No one is perfect. My heart still longed for someone. As painful as it was in the process of trusting God, I kept on trusting Him with all my heart. I leaned into learning more and more about how a man of God who truly loved me was supposed to treat me. I will never forget the showdown I had with God. I was lying in bed one night, praying for God to reveal to me the plan He had for me, when I heard a still, small voice say, I will not send you the right husband until you understand who you are in me and what it's like to be a godly wife. I want to be your husband first so I can show you how your earthly husband should treat you. Frankly, these weren't the words I wanted to hear, but I submitted to the process, and I cried long and hard that night, asking Jesus to comfort me with his presence. That night, I felt his loving arms around me as I slept. The next few months I dove into letting God lead me like he was my husband, falling more deeply in love with his gentle, kind, and patient demeanor. It was truly a sweet romantic time in my life, one that I will never forget because I became so close to Jesus. In the process, I found out more deeply who I was in Christ and that my identity didn't need to be tied to finding a husband to complete his plan. He could still use me regardless, and I told God, Look, God, if I have to be a nun for the rest of my life, that is fine with me. As soon as I said it, I couldn't believe those words had come out of my mouth, because I was feisty when it came to being determined to get my way. But God knew that about me, so when I surrendered it and meant it, He led me to read relationship books on godly marriage. And what did a godly marriage look like? Here is what I believed I needed in order to know that my future husband was the one for me. Number one, he needed to love God with all his heart, mind, body, and soul. God needed to be absolutely first in his life. Number two, he needed to be a provider. If we were to be married, he needed to be willing to truly be my husband by providing for me financially if I couldn't and be willing to take care of me if I was sick. Number three, he needed to have the ability to defend and protect me in any given situation, dangerous or not. Number four, he needed to be willing to take a bullet for me. In other words, like Jesus, he would be willing to die for me in order that I may live. He would have to be man enough to want to save my life if it came down to it. Number five, he needed to be a true gentleman who was willing to wait to have sexual relations until after we were married. A man who truly loves you will not compromise your sexuality by expecting to sample your body like a piece of merchandise. I knew that the true one God would send me would never force something on me sexually that I wasn't ready to do, and if he tried to, that would give me an indication that he wasn't the gentleman God planned for me. I will have to admit, being who I am and the type of comfort romantically that I felt I needed, that last one was going to be difficult. In fact, in 2005, 
I slept with someone I met and got engaged to. He told me I was going to be his wife, and then he broke my heart. So when I said I made mistakes, I meant it. Look, ladies, don't believe that someone is going to be your husband just because he claims God told him he was. Don't fall for it. You will never really know someone until you've spent a lot of time with him and dated him for a while. He will always eventually show his true character. Don't play their victim. When I look back at this time in my life, I understand the inner healing God needed to do in my heart. I had to learn about healthy relationships. I had to learn about biblical marriage. I needed to understand that God desired me to be committed to him as my husband first in order for me to understand true commitment to someone else. It's very beautiful the way God romances us and gives us the desires of our hearts, especially when we have been out in the desert for so long looking for pools of water that are not there. God continued to bring to my mind one of my now favorite scriptures in Proverbs 18 verse 22. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Through these words, God was reminding me that I didn't need to play the harlot and chase after a man. That was the old me, Fallon. I needed to be a dignified lady and wait patiently. So I stayed still before God, faithful in prayer, believing God's plan for a husband. It wasn't about me any longer. It wasn't about my plans, my desires, my wants, my dreams, my hopes. It was about aligning myself with God's plans for me. There comes a time in our lives where we really need to grow up and not force the doors open that God doesn't want open. Doing that is nothing short of manipulation, which is really a form of witchcraft. Ouch! That might hurt some of you like it did me at one point. And then it happened. In June 2007, my good friend Heather, the founder of JC's Girls, the first strip club ministry of its kind, had dinner one night with one of her friends, Kevin Max, of the Christian pop bands Audio Adrenaline and formerly with DC Talk, when Oz Fox founding member and lead guitarist of the Christian metal band Striper, showed up and joined the table. Heather called me as soon as she came home that night. Annie, I just met your future husband. She gushed with excitement as she told me about Oz and how my name had come up in the dinner conversation. I laughed skeptical. Oh, shut up. You did not. Heather didn't back down. I sure did. I sure did. I swear to you, girl, you're going to marry this guy. It sounded crazy, and while I wasn't convinced, I'll admit, I wondered, could it be? Maybe? Oz messaged me on MySpace that very night via email. He told me he admired what I was doing and that he'd love to meet me sometime. I'll have to admit, at first I was cautious and skeptical of him. Come on, he was a rock star. Most rock stars are womanizers. There was no way I was going through that again. Regardless, curiosity got the best of me, and I was intrigued, clicking on his profile to see what he was doing in life and his rock music career. I was blown away by his profile and his guitar talent. We emailed several times, and while he continued to invite me to see a couple of his shows, life happened. He was busy traveling on tour with Striper. I was busy doing outreach work and building our Hookers for Jesus ministry and couldn't find the right time to connect in person, although I really wanted to. Finally, in February 2008, I took Oz up on his invitation and showed up at one of his local shows with a friend of mine. We hung out after the show and had an amazing time. 
I remember him taking a bunch of pictures with me and thinking, Oh my goodness, this guy is crushing on me. I liked Oz. He was talented, laid back, funny, and good looking. The next morning he asked me out for a pancake breakfast, but I couldn't go. Oz later told me he was disappointed and assumed I was blowing him off, which was the furthest thing from the truth. What really happened was that I was in my pajamas when he called me, and I needed an hour to get ready so I would look good for him. He couldn't wait because of his schedule, and he needed to drive back to L.A. We continued to exchange emails and text after that, but didn't see each other for a while. I was traveling quite a bit, speaking and doing ministry, and he was on tour with Striper again. I continued to seek God and pray, wondering if perhaps Oz was the man for me. Secretly, I wanted it to be true, but I wasn't stupid. I knew not to push the issue. I wanted to keep being obedient about what God told me. Then it happened. Oz was playing a concert in Vegas on October 25, 2008, and he invited me and a friend. He asked us to dress up as the venue, the Hilton, was throwing a glitzy Halloween party later that night. I panicked. I didn't have anything to wear so I did the best I could donning an old outfit from my club days and some spiked heels. I probably looked a little too sexy for a Christian gal, but honestly, at this point, I didn't care. When I walked into the ballroom of the hotel where Oz would be playing in a few minutes, I think his eyes almost popped out of his head. He immediately came over and hugged me. That did it. I felt a wave of supernatural connection that I knew was real. After the show, we went to a romantic late-night restaurant, sat by a glowing fire, and talked for hours. This could be serious. After that night, we were pretty much inseparable. Our phone conversations lasted for hours on end. I couldn't wait to talk to him and see him on the weekends when he would come into town to play with his band and visit. The more we got to know each other, the more I liked him. This was getting dangerous. My heart was on fire. Unlike other guys I was interested in, I didn't chase Oz. He pursued me, slowly and unrelentingly, like a perfect gentleman. We had a wild romance. For the first time in my life, I was falling in love with a man who wasn't trying to get into my pants or push the relationship somewhere I didn't want it to go, physically or otherwise. Oz courted me in a godly way. He wasn't intimidating. He was loving. He wasn't aggressive. He was patient. He wasn't demanding. He was kind. Oz became my best friend and confidant. He encouraged me to walk in my calling without feeling threatened. He respected my ministry and supported me fully. Years earlier, as I prayed for a husband, I would have visions of this mystery person. He was muscular and had long hair, and many times my mind would capture images of this person mowing a lawn. When Oz sent me a picture of him mowing the lawn one day, I knew he was the one God had destined for me. And yes, he has long hair too. He is in a metal band after all. There were times I wanted to discuss marriage, but every time that desire came up, God told me to keep quiet. Oh, you don't know how hard that was. I needed to be still and submit to the process he wanted to orchestrate. A few months into our relationship, Oz asked me what kind of diamonds I liked, to which I happily replied, heart-shaped. On Valentine's Day in 2009, 
Oz gave me a dozen each of beautiful red, white, and pink roses, and took me to a romantic Mexican restaurant where a mariachi band played for us tableside. I was convinced that at any moment my man was going to propose. The band played a few songs. Our meal came and went, and when Oz paid the bill without even a mention of the word marriage, I felt disappointed. As we drove home, he said, "Let's have some dessert at the fireside grill." Forty-five minutes later, we were sitting in front of a cozy fire, eating chocolate cheesecake and listening to a jazz guitarist strum romantic melodies. When Oz got down on his knee and finally popped the question, "Will you marry me?" he asked with a bright red face, flashing a picture on his cell phone of a heart-shaped diamond engagement ring that was in the process of being made for me. My heart flooded with joy. Of course, I shouted right before I gave him a playful shove. I'm going to kick your butt, Oz. You waited till almost midnight. We got married four months later on June fifth, broadcasting our wedding live on the internet. I walked down the aisle that day with my tearful father at my side, who gave me away to my true knight in shining armor. As Dad and I slowly made the emotional walk down the white carpet, Oz serenaded me with a touching song written by his good friend Wade Hayes. I walked down that aisle, a virgin in Christ, in a beautiful, sparkling wedding dress, crowned with a tiara of diamonds, just like a real princess. And on this day, I also became a mother when I gained three children through Oz: Paul, twenty-seven; Leah, twenty-five; and Tara, twenty. We all get along great. I love them dearly, and I feel like I have known them forever. And remember my early dream of wanting to be in the music business. By being Oz's wife, I get to be part of his career. I work hard to support him in his music, and I'm also producing songs with him that we have written together. You see, friend, God knew what He was doing. He truly does know the desires of our hearts. Dear friend, I found my once upon a time fairy tale, and it wasn't because of any plan I forced or design I created. It was because I surrendered to what God wanted for my life. Do you see what can happen if you truly trust His plan for your life? If we just stop fighting God and holding on to what we think we need in our lives, He will give us the desires of our hearts. Our marriage is certainly not perfect, and it comes with its share of challenges. But there is no doubt in my mind that Oz is the husband I need, want, love, and am continually excited to spend the rest of my life with. And the best part is, he is also my confidant and best friend. Is it crazy that a man can love and marry a former harlot? Maybe, but to me, it's just another incredible example of how God will redeem everything if we are willing to trust and believe in Him.